Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Don Brock. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. Well, it's good seeing you today. And those of you who are joining us online, we're glad that you're here and joining us in spirit. And uh, we hope that you're going to be encouraged by the teaching of God's Word today. Well, today we're finishing that uh, series on getting in the game. And uh, we talked about the Bible. Uh, Bill Jones brought us an excellent message on Scripture. And then last week we talked about worship, what biblical worship is all about. And today we're going to talk about giving or generosity. Now, if Sunday before last, uh, we had available these uh, spiritual journal booklets. If you did not get one, you can come and get one. We've got them on both sides of the stage. Uh, you know, if you're even just visiting today, you come and get one, and you, you can have them until they're gone. So uh, I hope that you'll take advantage of that. So as um, you know, as a pastor, that a lot of us pastors, we've been talking to each other, especially during this year, and um, we have been talking a great deal about uh, all the things that uh, we deal with in the church and how we're handling certain things. And one of the questions that usually comes up is, well, how has Gateway been doing giving-wise? Because at the very beginning of all this, uh, I told the staff, I said, you know, we need to be prepared that the offerings may go way down and we're just going to have to make some serious adjustments. And, and so we were kind of having contingency plans in place. But I wanted to share with you that... Um, this time over last year, you have given 8% more than last year. I mean, that is a huge praise. So, I, I mean, that is a, that is a, I, I mean, I, I love bragging on God and I love bragging on you. So that's one of those brag on God moments and brag on you moments. And I so appreciate uh, your faithfulness and what you've done. And so now some of you are thinking, well, great, then we don't have to talk about giving. Au contraire. So we, we are going to look carefully at what Scripture says because the Bible talks a great deal about this subject. You know, Jesus talked about the blessings of giving. He talked about giving actually more than he talked about heaven and hell. I mean, that tells you a lot, and that tells you how important it is that we understand what scripture truly teaches about this. And we're not talking about just money. We're talking about your life. We're talking about your time. We're, even your emotional gift. You know, to really minister to somebody, you've got to be willing to be vulnerable emotionally with that person. Uh, you've you got to be willing to be hurt by them. And um, we... We, um, we have to, sometimes we set ourselves up like, yeah, I might really get wounded in this relationship. This is going to be really hard. Uh, some of you who are fostering kids, uh, you, you run into some very difficult situations. And sometimes you have a kid come into your family and you get really attached to them. And then all of a sudden they're gone. And man, that is emotionally draining. But you're, you're willing to give of your emotions in order to give of yourself. So giving comes in a lot of different ways, and it's important that I understand what Scripture teaches about this. Now, I want you to imagine just for a moment that you discovered that you could go to a foreign country, and actually we've had 
some people in our church to do this. Uh, you found out you could go to a foreign country and make a hundred times more in one year what you make here in one year. If you just go and you live there for a year and work there for a year. And in fact, we've had some people that have run into those kind of situations. And so you would say, yeah, that would be a huge blessing for my family to do that. But the only catch is you couldn't, you could not bring anything back with you. Uh, you cannot bring any of the currency back with you. You cannot bring anything that you bought over there back with you. So if that was the case, oh, oh, but you could send money in advance back home and deposit it into your accounts in the United States. You know, you could do that. So if that were the circumstances, well, what would you do? Well, you would have what you needed to live over there, but you, you wouldn't spend a fortune buying expensive you know, expensive stuff and just filling your house or your apartment. That's a temporary dwelling. You're only going to be there for a year. You're not going to fill it with all these gadgets and spend a bunch of money on stuff that you're just going to have to leave behind when you go back home. And, uh, you probably would spend, you would send as much as possible back to your account here in the United States. I mean, that would make sense, right? That'd be the smart thing to do. Well, guess what? That's exactly the way it is for us as Christians. You see, you and I actually live as aliens in a foreign land because our home, our citizenship is heaven. Yeah, you know, you, you and I are, might be citizens of this country, but our real citizenship, the one that is going to last for eternity, is in heaven. So it's like temporarily, <clears throat> you and I live here in a foreign land, and we have a task to do. And when we go back home, when we go to heaven, we cannot take anything with us. I mean, no material possessions, none of it can go with us. We can't take any money with us. I mean, we leave everything behind. I mean, it's even worse. You leave the clothes you're wearing behind. I mean, you don't take nothing. So, but what you can do, according to scripture, you can send resources in advance and deposit it back home. You can send resources to heaven in advance and it'll be a blessing. In fact, that's exactly what God wants for you. Um, there was a famous sermon that Jesus preached called the Sermon on the Mount. And here's what he said. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So while you and I are strangers here, we get to, we get to send a lot of stuff forward. You know, every time I spend time ministering to someone, I'm sending 
I'm making a deposit in my account in heaven. Every time I give finances for missions, for ministries, I'm making a deposit in heaven. Every time I give of my emotions for the benefit of someone else, I'm making a deposit in heaven. That's what Jesus said. And so the Christian faith is supposed to be associated with selflessness and sacrifice. And this is the example that Jesus gave us. And now, sometimes we would say, well, you know, storing up treasures for ourselves, that sounds pretty selfish in itself, but in reality, it's not based on what Jesus said. And the, the deal is he wants you to store up treasures. He just wants to make sure you're putting it in the right place. He wants you to store up treasures that are going to be a blessing to you, but he wants to make sure you're putting it in the right place for the right reason. So if you're spending all of your time and your money on stuff for yourself here on earth, then you're spending it in the wrong place. And... So yeah, store up for yourselves. That sounds selfish, but it's not. If I'm storing the right stuff in the right place for the right reason. You know, others are instantly rewarded when we give here. And then we are rewarded later in eternity. So it's actually a double blessing. When, when I give of my time and I give of my emotions and I give of, of, my, uh, of resources, my financial resources, it immediately blesses people here. And then later, when I get to heaven, it blesses me there. So it's a double blessing. It's a win-win situation. Whereas if I spend it on me here and now, it can bless me here for a very short period of time. And it, I miss out on that blessing in heaven because I didn't store it up there. And it's not necessarily a blessing to anybody around here. So that is the selfish side of it. And, and so I, I need to ask myself, then what good is my giving based on what Jesus said? You know, probably one of the most misunderstood verses in the Bible is in Luke chapter 6. And uh, Jesus said, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. You know, you know how it is when you're trying to pack something you're like, or like your garbage can's getting full. And so you press down on it to make room for more. Uh, or maybe you're filling a bag up with some food items or something and you shake it so it'll get the air bubbles out of it and it goes down deeper. And, and that's exactly what God does. He, he's saying when you give, he said, it's going to return back to you in full. It's going to be pressed down. It's going to be shaken shaken together in order to make room for more. And God's going to give you so much that it actually overflows the receptacle and it pours out into your lap. And then Jesus said, the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. That's what Jesus said. You know, for a long time, I wanted to believe in that verse 
but it just seemed too good to be true. So I kept asking myself, exactly how does God give that back? How does that work? When I give to others, how does God give it back to me? Well, I think that's a legit question. So let's, let's talk through that. Uh, let's talk about the benefits of giving of your life. And let's just kind of walk through this. Number one, when I give, it makes my heart just like God's heart. Well, that's a benefit. I mean, our famous Christian verse, John three sixteen, for for this is how God loved the world. He gave. He gave his one and only son. So he didn't give a leftover. He gave his very best. He gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Wow. So when I try to be like God, I have to become a giver because God's a giver. And when I learn to give, it makes my heart like the heart of God. When I give for the benefit of others, it makes me more and more like God. Now, you can give without loving. Did you know that? I mean, you can give. You can throw some pennies in the bucket. You can give without loving. But you cannot love without giving. Loving, well, you have to give because of that love. And because God loved you so much, he was willing to give. The second thing that giving benefits me, it, it draws me closer to God. Not only does it make my heart like God's heart, it draws me closer to him. Uh, Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, the desires of your heart will be also. Hmm. So when I put my treasures in the place that God says are of value, I am getting closer to the heart of God. Deuteronomy puts it this way. It says, bring this tithe to the designated place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored, and eat it there in his presence. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, in other words, the fruit of their labor, they were farmers, they were vineyards, and he even said, the firstborn males of your flocks and your herds. And then listen to this part of the verse. Doing this will teach you always to fear the Lord your God. That's a very important phrase. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the understanding. You really don't understand life. You really cannot have wisdom about life until you've learned to fear God. So wherever I put my money, wherever I put my time, that's where my heart is. You know, I, I can put my money in entertainment. Well, that's where my heart's going to be. I, I can put my money into my house, and that's where my heart's going to be. I, I can put my money into my car, and that's where my heart's going to be. Or I can put my money with the Lord, and it always draws me closer to him. 
Now, is it wrong to entertain yourself? Is it wrong to have a house, a nice house? Is it wrong to have a car and a nice car? No, it's not. But I have to make sure that that's not my treasure. It's just stuff. My house is not going to heaven with me. My cars are not going to heaven with me. It's just stuff. So I have to make sure that I'm investing my life in such a way that that's where my heart wants to be. My true treasure is the things that matter to God. A third benefit when I really learned to give right, that's the antidote for materialism. I mean, we live in such a materialistic culture. Advertisers are not even subtle about it anymore. They just come out and say it. You can buy happiness. I mean, that's the American way, right? Life, liberty, and the purchase of happiness. Isn't that what it says somewhere? We think we can purchase it. The problem with that is, even the little kids are catching on to that. I, we had our grandkids over, and, uh, and before I got to the house, I stopped to buy them their favorite snacks, you know, because you, know, you want to be the hero as the grandfather. And, and so you walk, I walked in, and, and I said, hey, I bought you all your favorite snack. And, and uh, Harvey was all excited, excited and uh, Cyrus came up to me. I said, what, you don't like this? She, she said, yeah, I like it. I think I would have enjoyed a gift better. <laughs> I said, wow, she's she got this figured out. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, the kids learn it quick. So what's the antidote to our problem with materialism? Well, it's learned to be, in, it's learned to be, in, uh, to be a giver. Uh, First Timothy put it this way, teach those who are rich and by the way, that's you. That's me. That's everybody in this room. By the world's standards, we're rich. So teach those who are rich, and that's all of us, not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. I, I was having dinner with my brother and my mother the other day, and uh, I said, well, I... I did really good in my retirement. I made, I made like 10% in, in a couple of months. And they said, wow, that's great. Well, the bad news is I lost 30%. <laughs> so I'm still way behind. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I can't put my trust in accounts because they're unreliable. I mean, it seems like our stock market, a person can sneeze somewhere on the other side of the world and the stock market goes down. I mean, it's amazing how fickle things can be. And, and if that's where you're, you're relying, you're, you're putting your confidence in that, you're setting yourself up for a huge disappointment. So I'm putting my confidence in the resources I'm sending to heaven because I'm guaranteed that it's not affected by the economy. It's not affected by circumstances of the world. It's not affected by anything. And it's there forever to bless me when I go back home. So Jesus is saying, hey, it, he says, their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need 
Oh, this is cool. For our enjoyment. So it's okay for us to have enjoyment. It's okay for us to enjoy things. We're, we don't have to sit around and, and despise her. I mean, no, no. He, he, he's given us things for enjoyment, so that's okay. He says, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. I like that. That means you leave the house every morning looking for the opportunities that God set before you to be a blessing to someone else. I mean, you leave the home in the morning with that attitude and you better believe that when you leave with that attitude, God's going to give you an opportunity to be a blessing to others. So get that attitude that, that you, you are rich in good works and you're generous to those in needs, always ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing, oh, here it is again. They will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. You know, I, I think I'm going to experience true life when I'm in heaven. I can get a taste of it here. So we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. And parents, you need to model this balance to your kids, your grandkids, the giving and the getting. Number four, giving strengthens my faith. In Malachi 3.10, it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it. And this is the only place it says this in the Bible. Put me to the test. God challenges you to test him. He gives you permission to test him. See if he doesn't keep his word. You see, here's the deal. When I'm not faithful with my tithes and offerings, I'm actually telling God, I don't trust you. I don't think you'll keep your word. I had a, a couple friends here in the church and uh, he lost his job. And um, so they were going to be in very limited resources for until he got a job. And, and it took a while. And they sat down with me and they said, you know, we made a conscious decision that we were going to believe this verse and we were going to continue to tithe even though our income was like cut down drastically. And they said, so we put God to the test. And I cannot begin to tell you how God blessed them in such an unbelievable way. And later, he wound up getting a job that was to the point that allowed him to able to pay off his house. They put God to the test. And God passed with flying colors. God kept his promise, which he always will. 
So actually, I think God uses our finances and God uses our time and our emotional resources. He uses that to test our faith. And some of you are living proof of that. God says, I dare you. (laughs) I dare you to see if becoming a generous person, I dare you to see if I will bless you. You know, there are more promises in the Bible regarding giving than any other thing, I think. And it seems like Jesus talked about giving so often. So it must be important. In fact, it's the essence of the Christian life that giving gives God the chance to do the miracle that he wants to do in your life and in someone, someone else's life. So giving strengthens and stretches my faith. Number five, giving is an investment for eternity. Let me go back to a verse we've already read in 1 Timothy. It says, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so they may experience true life. So the old saying is true. You cannot take it with you, but you can send it ahead. And while you and I live in this foreign land as ambassadors, in fact, that's what we are. We're ambassadors of heaven while we live here. We represent heaven here. So how are you doing with that? You know, I've traveled a lot around the world. Bill and I, how many different continents have we been on together? About three or four. We've been all over the place. And, and uh, we run into Americans all over the place. And some of them are great. And some of them are, wow, please don't tell anybody you're from the United States. <laughs> your, your attitude, your arrogance, it just is sad. I mean, you're a poor representative of our country. I was standing in line one time in London, and, and, um, and I just was listening to conversations around me. And the lady in front of me said to another lady, said, hey, I, I spoke to you, and you didn't say anything. She said, oh, yeah, I thought you were from America, so I didn't want to talk to you. And I thought, wow, do we have that kind of reputation? <laughs> we're not very good ambassadors around the world sometimes. And, and sometimes we're really poor ambassadors of heaven as Christians. We, we are poor representatives of what it means to be a child of God. So how are you doing in that? How are you doing as an ambassador for him? One last thing, giving blesses me in return. Proverbs eleven twenty five: the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So in other words, if I want to be encouraged and if I want to be refreshed, then I have to give encouragement and I have to refresh others That's how I'm refreshed. So whatever you give, that is what you get back. So, I mean, basically, you run into two kinds of people. You run into the givers and you run into the takers. 
You run into those people who are always giving and are generous with their time, generous with their resources, generous with their energy, generous with their life, and then you have the takers. And I have found that the takers tend to be the most unhappy people and that the givers are the happiest ones. You know, the root word for miserable is miser. You become a miser with your resources, your time, and your energy, you're going to be miserable. There was one famed psychiatrist who founded this world-famous clinic, the Menninger Clinic, and Carl Menninger said this. He said, giving is a criterion to, uh, for mental health. He said, you want to be healthy mentally? You, you got to learn to be a giver. Well, in your notes, I've got several other things listed about how you can get the most out of your giving. I'm going to go through those real quick. You, you give willingly, you give thankfully, you give joyfully, you give weekly. Those are the things, and you give expectantly. So let's, let's get down to it in terms of gateway. You know, in the average church, the number of people in that church that actually give is only 30%. At Gateway, the percentage of you that give to ministry and missions through Gateway is double that, 60%. So yeah, I brag on God about that. I brag on you about that. That's great. But let me ask you a question. Do you think God would be okay if we said, hey, I know that 75% of the people at Gateway are definitely going to heaven. You think God's going to say, oh, that's a good percentage. I'm okay with that. Forget the other 25%. No, not at all. God's, God's going to want us to be passionate about that 25%. God say, hey, I, I want 100% of Gateway going to heaven. And, and so when I look at that 60% and I'm going, wow, that is so amazing. That's double what the average church is doing. But God's expectation is 100%. That's his expectation. And so I started asking myself, well, if that's God's expectation, that needs to be my expectation because I'm here to please him. And so what difference would that 40% make? Well, it's kind of hard to put a number on that. And, and the best number we came, we came up with, that it would, in hard dollars, it would equate to about $2 million dollars. And so immediately I asked myself, because the Holy Spirit was asking me this or prodding me in this, was that's $2 million of ministry and missions that's not being done, that God expects to be done, because he's already provided for it in our fellowship. You help support Crossover Global, and I had the privilege of being on that board. And, and uh, we had a, a, a banquet the other night, and, and wow, to see how over 2,000 churches have been planted um, among Hindus and Muslim uh, cultures, that's just mind-boggling. And you've been a part of that. But when I think about that 
I want to go, yeah, and it should be 4,000. We should plant 4,000 churches. That's what God's expecting. Because that's what he's provided through our fellowship. Because God expects 100%. And, and so when I, I don't look at it, well, that's $2 million. We're not getting our bank account. That's not the way I look at it. Not at all. I'm not even thinking about the numbers. Because here's something else I'm thinking about. When you have a spiritual gift that's not being used for the benefit of others, that's something that's missing. There's some lives that are not being touched because you're not using your spiritual gift. You're being stingy with it. You're being selfish with your time. And you're missing out on the blessing. So I'm wondering, all right, who are, who are we going to choose not to bless because someone's decided not to use their spiritual gift? What church are we not going to plant because someone has chosen not to be obedient to Scripture? You see, that's looking at it through God's eyes of what he expects. And he's already provided. So how much more God desires of us and how many lives would that change and how many other people will be impacted by you being an ambassador for heaven among them? How many more people will be with us in heaven because we choose to be givers, not takers? We choose to send our resources ahead rather than hang on to them. We choose to look at it through God's eyes instead of the world's eyes. How many more people will be impacted? Let's pray.